some boring cases and you get some interesting ones. I think this one certainly falls into the category of interesting ones. But before we get to the uh, court case as such, and thanks for joining us, Alicia uh, Kuzek, uh, um, all casino owners, all gamblers, uh, please uh, listen to what we're going to tell you today. Before we get to the facts of this case, I think we should maybe just talk about the legislation. What is actually the relevant act in this case? And I think there are also actually regulations that are relevant for this matter. Yes, so in South Africa, we have the National Gambling Act. So this is, as we can say, the Supreme Act of Gambling in South Africa. But what this act then does is it provides for provincial regulations. So each province in South Africa is entitled to promulgate its own regulations, which dictates how it will deal with gambling in its province. So in this case, we'll specifically be dealing with the Northwest regulations because the casino in this matter is Sun City International. This is where the whole affair took place, essentially. Um, maybe then just for a bit more getting specific on the regulations, um, one of the key points here was what the regulations dictate with regards to what they call excluded persons. Um, and how casinos have to deal with these types of people. And who are typically excluded persons? Those are the sort of addicted gamblers no? that can be put onto that list, am I right? Yeah, so we, you know, they are the problem gamblers, I'd say, and there's actually two ways to get on the list. The casino themselves can decide to put you on the list for whatever reason, or the person can elect to put themselves on the list. Um, and the consequences of being on this list is that you are then identified, as I said, as a problem gambler, which means a casino should not knowingly allow you onto the premises and allow you to gamble there. Um, so it's a way for, I guess, casinos to protect themselves if necessary, and also for problem gamblers who have realized they have a problem to try and protect themselves. Uh, we actually in Rustenburg, by the way, so some city is not far from here, um, in the Northwest province, do you actually gamble? Uh, are you one of those? Absolutely too stingy for it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually from Durban. So I attended once when I turned 18 or 19. I went to our big casino in Durban. I lost 100 bucks within the first 10 minutes of being there, realized that it wasn't for me and left immediately. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's maybe get to the uh, court case. Um, what happened here? So um, in this matter, we're dealing with a Mr. Esau. Um, I may be mispronouncing that surname, so my apologies. But Mr. Essak and his wife decided that they were under an immense amount of stress, and so they wanted to take a little break. Um, and they decided to go to Sun City. Uh, they said their intention was not to attend to the casino at all, they just wanted to take a getaway break at Sun City. Um, Unfortunately, Mr. Essak was a problem gambler. He was actually a self-identified problem gambler. So he put himself on that list that we discussed. Exactly. Today. He put himself on the list. Um, I believe he did it in Gauteng. But the thing is about being on the list, it's nationally applicable. So he was not just excluded from casinos in Gauteng. He was excluded from casinos in the whole of South Africa. Um, while at Sun City, apparently the call of the casino was just too much for him to bear. So knowing that his card would not work at the casino, because that is one of the effects of being placed on the list, he took his wife's loyalty card and he went gambling. 
Um, he ended up gambling 5.2 million rand away. Um, and after, I guess, realizing the loss that he had suffered, he decided to sue Sun City and told them that they must be a responsibility for the loss that he suffered. Because they allowed him to gamble at the place despite the fact that he's on that list. Yes, yeah, so that was his first argument. He said, well, the regulation provides that you must not allow me on your premises. I was able to get on the premises. I was able to lose 5.2 million rand. Why should I be responsible? You as the casino should not have allowed me to be there. And the casino said, no, what the regulation specifically says is you must not knowingly allow such a person on your premises and the casino said you came here you used your wife's card because you knew that your card would not work how were we supposed to know you were on the premises um and the court actually agreed with sun city they said yeah you know it wasn't reasonable of him to expect of sun city to know that he was there um and then to take the steps that is prescribed by the regulations to get him off of the premises I think that makes sense. It sounds Absolutely. like a far-fetched argument that he was uh, trying to uh, raise there in court and uh, I, I guess he would also agree with the finding of the court. Absolutely and that to me sounded far-fetched and then he actually took it a step further. He said okay let's abandon the regulation argument that hasn't worked. I am now going to try and keep you deliciously responsible for what has happened um, and we won't get into the technicalities of what a delict is or how to prove it because the court just said no in 2004 there was actually a similar case where a problem gambler tried to hold a casino li liable and the court said no you cannot hold a casino liable delictually liable in these circumstances and then again when Mr. Isak realized he was on the back foot, he changed course again and he said no. But since 2004, public opinion has changed. In uh, legal terms, we say the Bueni Mores um, has changed. And he said now people no longer agree with the 2004 case. And the court said, okay, let's give you the benefit of the doubt and let's see what the public says. So how that works in a legal sense is you look at case law, you look at developments, maybe even, you know, like legal... Um, uh, what's the academic opinions and so forth. Uh, they even went international. They looked at Canadian case law. They looked at American case law because we have very similar gambling regulations. And the court said absolutely not. It is the public's opinion that a problem gambler must be responsible for his losses. Makes sense, I think. So then finally, maybe the lesson for casino owners, etc. Obviously, you've got to make sure that you stick to the act and the regulations, etc. So you've got to take steps to prevent any person on that um, list from entering the premises uh, and, and gamble etc um, but at least they won't be held liable in circumstances like this um, and from the gambler's point of view um, i guess the court also sort of confirmed the message that it's your problem you must sort out your own problems you can't blame the casino you know if that happens yeah um if we want to get specific about what a casino is supposed to do maybe they is a casino boss listening um in the case of an excluded person the first step if you become aware of them on your premises is to politely request them to please leave um and if they refuse the next step is actually to get the police involved you can then call saps to the premises and have the person escorted away um, but yeah, no, I think in this case, Mr. Isok was completely irresponsible. And I have to say, reading what the court said 
um, he wasn't going to convince this judge otherwise. If I remember correctly, in a portion of the judgment, the court actually says, sight must not be lost of the fact that Mr. Esau was the author of his own misfortune. And that is the end of the story for him. Thank you, Alicia.